Allison, I want to start off today's episode a little differently by talking about something I wanted to reference ever since the beginning of this podcast, the the existence of this podcast. I wanted I've wanted to reference this because it's in my brain. So you've been on your brain for a whole year now. Yes, I think about it almost every week. Well, I think about this very often. Anyways, so you know how I usually start off an episode with, you know, welcome to D-List of the podcast or whatever, right? I'm Mike OK. Every time I say that, I think of this very special moment in Food Network star history. So Food Network star is a reality show. I think it's still on. Yeah. On the Food Network, duh. And it shows contestants, you know, competing for their own show on the Food Network. Guy Fieri, Rachel Ray. Yeah, he's a judge. I don't remember him. Being, oh, he got. Yeah, he got. He won. I think. Yeah. Wait. Aren't they judges? Or he might yeah, be a judge now, but like, he was a contestant. He was. Yes. Well, what's the show that's judged by Rachel Ray and Guy Fieri? Oh my God, is it like a kids one? I know that Giada and I think Bobby Flay is. I'm getting my Bobby Food Flay was on Food Network Star. It was Bobby Flay mm-hmm. Susie, who was like the head of, who was an executive at Food Network? Yeah. Giada. Uh. I, yeah, she was a judge. Yeah. Guy Fieri was a contestant. He might be a judge now. I haven't watched it in a few seasons. But anyways, okay. so okay. one of my favorite contestants of all time is from season four. Mm-hmm. Her name is Lisa Garza. Google her. Okay. She's stunning. She looks like a like a real estate agent on the planet Vulcan. Just okay. perfect, gorgeous. I love her. So there was one challenge where the contestants had to put together a Las Vegas buffet and give a theme and present it to the audience and judges, right? Right. So the theme for Lisa's buffet was Beautifully Basic, which I think that was the working title for The Hills, actually. Yeah. So Lisa opened her presentation with a song, and this song is probably in the top 10 of songs that replay in my head regularly. Like, I sing this around the house. I cannot get rid of this song. So I'm going to play it for you now, Allison, okay? Okay. It's short, it's short but sweet. Welcome, my friends, to my beautiful basic buffet. Welcome, my friends, on this lovely Vegas day. Welcome, my friends, to my beautifully basic buffet. I hope you enjoy what I made with love in every bite you taste. I mean, how did that song Celine not Dion who? The, Yeah, how did that song not sweep the Grammys? I oh mean, my god, I love what she describes it as a, a what does she say, a lovely Vegas day. Yeah, lovely Vegas day. Vegas has never been described like that during the day. It's the only time. The well, when Lisa is there, oh, it's very lovely. It's With a lovely her beautifully day. basic buffet, basic it's buffet. a lovely day. So whenever I open the podcast, I want to <laughs> sing like, welcome, my friends, to listen the podcast. So I'm glad I got that out of my system. Thank you for, for hearing that. That's so beautiful, except if, well, it's beautifully basic, if you will. If we were, if you were going to sing that song, though, what would the theme be instead of beautifully basic buffet? Well, beautifully basic works because you and I were beautiful and we're basic. Well, speak for yourself. I think (laughs) I have a little bit of charisma. (laughs) Okay, beautifully half basic. (laughs) That's great. So anyways, welcome, my friends, to do this with the podcast. I'm Michael K. And... 
I'm Allison. I was going to try singing that, and I'm like, I can't compete with Lisa. No, you can't. Don't even try it. No. She's the, she really is the Celine Dion of the Food Network. Well, she didn't win. She was second runner-up. I was going to say, she should have, she obviously is a huge star. She should have won. How is she not a bigger star now? I mean, life just isn't fair. It's not based on talent, Allison, obviously. Obviously not. So... The Emmys. Let's move on to the Emmys. That happened over the weekend. And Speak, I mean, beautifully basic. Yeah. Do we really need to talk about it? I mean, it was pretty boring. And the thing is, I took an edible right before watching. So that says a lot that I was bored. That's why you were laughing at my jokes that I texted you. I was like, oh, my <laughs> God, you should host Allison. No, I would have lasted anyways. But oh anyway, killing it tonight. <laughs> So just under 7 million watched, which makes it the least watched Emmys ever. Burn. And we watched, but in our defense, we had to because... It's our jobs. Well, and on the last episode of this podcast, we guessed the winners of 16 categories. So yeah. how did you do, Allison? I did poorly, Michael. I got, I got seven right, technically... In my mind, in my no. deluded no, 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 mind, no, 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 I no. think I got eight. I got eight. Because I said, my guess for Outstanding Comedy Series, I guessed Fleabag or Veep, right? I said, it's going to be one of those two. And, but I said, because it's Veep's last season, it's probably going to go to Veep. But my heart said Fleabag and Fleabag once. So but that I doesn't consider- count. That doesn't count. You can't have a runner-up guest you have my, to, uh, a runner-up guest you have to it, have one pick it wasn't my runner-up though like i was saying like my god was, i was hedging my bets <laughs> and i don't know if that's the right way the right term but i was i was like it's going to be fleabag but it could also possibly be veep which it wasn't so i think i got like seven and a half oh my god so the the next time you go to vegas you know when you go to the roulette table or whatever you need to say you know what i'm gonna put all on red or whatever the hell they say but it could be black. So, yeah, and, so and then I, when I and then when I win my millions, I'll be like, point me in the direction of a beautifully basic buffet because I'm going to celebrate. Well, anyway, I think I got seven and a gold star. I but no, you got seven. according to you, yeah, yes. I got seven. So according many, to no, according to the rules, Allison, <laughs> you've got seven. I got this ten. Is like, you got a lot. Well, that's not. I I was hoping for like twelve, but I got ten. Yeah, but you can say like I got a perfect ten. 10 tens across the it's board. It's not a perfect like 10, 10. Perfect. You got like a perfect 10 <laughs> correct. <laughs> That's true. That's yeah. true. I cannot argue with you there. So, so um, I, which one? well, I had Veep winning big. Like I had Veep winning yeah. the comedy categories and obviously that didn't happen because Fleabag won the big yeah. one and one lead actress so that's where i fucked up and that's where i fucked up too is because i put all my money on game of thrones which only won two uh awards i believe um or two of the ones that we guessed i should say i think it won a, maybe a writing one but peter dinklage won yeah i had that and, and it got best drama which i picked that was one of my seven yeah technically my eight that i got right but where which ones were surprises for you nothing <laughs> i know there really wasn't any like because it's all like shockers whatever you know i'm not in that as invested in the emmys as i am like with the oscars to me that's i don't know i get into it more the emmys is like but the thing is like the emmys i like their speeches more okay because they get pretty political like or am i correct me if i'm wrong do they get more political at the emmys than the oscars 
I think they do because I think there's too much writing on the Oscars. And the Oscars is like a moment, right? So it's like when you go up, you have to put like 20 seconds into standing there just like looking at it being like, I can't believe this is happening. It came true. Like all that bullshit, right? Like there's got to be drama involved. Whereas the Emmys, they just grab the award and they're like, okay, listen. They like put their elbow on the mic stand and they're like, listen up, you fools. I'm going to teach you about something. And only 7 million people are watching this, so I'm going to really go for it. Mm-hmm. So they did go for it. So Patricia Arquette, she got political when she won the Oscar. So she, she spoke did. out about trans rights and mentioned her sister, Alexis Arquette, who was trans and died in 2016. Mm-hmm. Alex Borstein, who won for The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, she talked about how her grandmother was supposed to be shot into a pit during the Holocaust, but stepped out of the line and the Nazi said... He didn't have the heart to shoot her, so she told women to step out of line. So RuPaul told people to vote when RuPaul's drug drag race drug race RuPaul's drug race. <laughs> I wish <laughs> won for a reality show, and so Michelle Williams she won lead actress in a limited series for Fosse Verdon. Thank God, and she used most of her time to talk about equal pay, and she thanked <laughs> FX for paying her equally and caring about her opinion, even though she has a vagina, because that used to be very rare in Hollywood, like people caring about women's thoughts. Right. So she also specifically mentioned how women of color only make 52 cents to the dollar compared to their white male peers. So I want to say thank you so much to FX and to Fox 21 Studios for supporting me completely and for paying me equally, because they understood... Because they understood that when you put value into a person, it empowers that person to get in touch with their own inherent value. And then where do they put that value? They put it into their work. And so the next time a woman, and especially a woman of color, because she stands to make 52 cents on the dollar compared to her white male counterpart, tells you what she needs in order to do her job. Listen to her. Believe her. Because one day she might stand in front of you and say thank you for allowing her to succeed because of her workplace environment and not in spite of it. I don't know if my edible peaked at that moment, but I, I was so into her speech. I was like, that. it was one of the non-boring moments of the night for me. You were feeling, you were moved. Oh, I, saw, I got up like, you know, like Meryl Streep at the Oscars and I went like, woo, woo, woo. You know, like yeah. Michelle suddenly became Arsenio Hall and I was like, woo, woo, like got the dog pound. Yeah, you're, <laughs> you were your, you were a one man dog pound on your own couch. You're even your dog is like, no thanks. I'm not, I don't want to do this. Um, I really liked it. I was into it and I knew I was into it because I wasn't focusing on Michelle Williams hair. What was wrong like, with her hair? Okay, well, as somebody who has been that blonde before, I was just looking at it being like, oh, she could she could use some like deep conditioning. Allison, but that, she's talking about pay equality. <laughs> and there you are dragging her hair color. I know. I'm such a lizard. That's so rude of me. But like, I, I, it was one of those things where like, if she had just got up and been like, thank you for the award. Shout out to my best friend, Busy Phillips, who's my date tonight. I'd be like, all right, Michelle, can we talk about this hair? Because she was like being serious. I'm like, yes, girl, tell me more. Teach me more percentages. Oh, please. You know, you went on to the other Michelle Williams Instagram. and was like, girl, you need bitch. to fix your hair. <laughs> so that brings me to that. So Yo, five oil, bitch. So we loved it. Not everyone 
loved it and they took it to the streets and by the streets i mean the internet by the internet i mean social media trolls get so mad about when you mention the pay gap like there are some people that are like they get so mad about just anything they get you know Mm -hmm. they get mad at so white michelle williams is not on social media but michelle williams from destiny's child is so people got mad at her for the other michelle williams speech so people tagged michelle williams and cursed at her about being wrong about the gender wage gap. And so Michelle had it. So she went on Instagram Live to set, you know, dumb pieces of trash straight and let them know Mm -hmm. to use their eyes and one remaining brain cell to see that she's not blonde and white. I am black. So I'm trying to figure out why in the world am I getting cursed out in my comments for Michelle Williams's speech, which I thought was her truth. I thought it was awesome. I thought she was factual. I could be wrong. But y'all, I just told this woman a few minutes ago on my Instagram, I was like, I'm so sorry that my namesake upset you. But can't you see that I'm black? I mean, poor Michelle again. Poor Michelle. (laughs) I know we can't even get the Michelles right. But Michelle I'm, Williams's okay. I'm not victim blaming here, but I have always <laughs> but... wondered. I have always wondered why one of the Michelle Williams hasn't changed her name. Oh, or added a middle initial like William H Macy or Vanessa Williams, because there's two Vanessa Williams. So there's the Vanessa Williams, the you know the Vanessa Williams, and then there's yeah. the other Vanessa Williams, which. I know of because she was on the first and second, I believe, season of Melrose Place. And she right. goes by Vanessa A. Williams. Um, oh, yes. So like Dawson's Creek Michelle, her middle name is Ingrid. So she could be Ingrid Williams or Michelle I. Williams, which I kind of like. I feel like Apple would end up suing her, though. That's true. That's I a Williams. good point. I Williams. I Williams sounds like a uh, an Apple product that like tests your vision or something. And then the Destiny's Child, Michelle Williams. Her, Michelle's her her middle name. Her first name is actually Tanitra, so she could be Tanitra name. Williams. But I am glad they're both Michelle Williams because then we got that piece of gold of Destiny's Child, Michelle Williams. You know, going off. You can't hate it. It's pretty good. No. Okay, well, moving on from Emmys to Demi's, Demi Moore specifically. Michael, I never promised you a rose garden. I'll give you that. It was good. Thank you. So. Oh, but if if it was uh, Emmy night and I was on edibles, I'd be howling, girl. You'd be dog pounding (laughs) it up. The neighbors would be calling 911 like, they're murdering dogs next door. (laughs) There's There's some kind of dog situation over there. The dog is out of control. (laughs) <laughs> I also heard a terrible joke uh, about Emmy and Demi. So um, so Demi Moore, has, as most people kind of know by now, because she's during, she's in a press tour right now. So she has a, her memoirs out. It's called Inside Out, which isn't just a Kevin Klein movie. Wait, it's not a Kevin Klein movie at all, because <laughs> that was called In and Out. But Inside Out, isn't that like a Pixar movie? Oh, my God. Yeah, it is point is Demi probably could have been a little bit more creative with the title yeah. like I don't know I, I'm i like she could be more creative I can't think of an example right well now. something with more give me more <laughs> oh god I more wish. or less <laughs> yeah. see Demi, why that, Demi that I don't know that I don't know where I was going with that but anyways all right well it's 
it's called Inside Out Placeholder Name until the second edition comes out. Um, so Demi was married to Ashton Kutcher for seven years. I just did math. She was with him since 2003. So she was, that's nine years <laughs> that she was with oh, him. So they were together two years before they got married. They got, they were married for seven. Yes. Exactly. Almost a decade. Yeah. Right. So, so Demi obviously has a lot of stories about Ashton because when she was married to Ashton Kutcher, like we all kind of knew that Ashton was a kind of a douchebag. I'm saying kind of because I'm sure that there's people out there who thought that Ashton was like a great husband and like, who? you know. Ashton? Uh, <laughs> Ashton's mom. <laughs> no, even she was probably like, he's a dog. <laughs> no, So she, um, Demi says that like, so there's a lot of stuff that she talks about in her book. And one of them is, you know, um, like lots of stuff about Ashton. So she says at one point in time, she was six months pregnant. They were having a baby and she miscarried. So that's super sad. Um, she was sober for 20 years and then she wasn't sober when she was with Ashton. Um, I'm not even going to make a joke about being with Ashton and make you want to drink because it's, it's too dark. I don't want to go there. Um, <laughs> you did go there. <laughs> very subtly <laughs> so subtly <laughs> so during during demi's dark period where she's you know she's drinking again she's doing drugs and stuff she was also she said she was really insecure about the fact that she was so much older than ashton right, and like yeah. of course people were pointing it out too because she when they got together she was 40 they're she calling like kids. the cougar queen yeah yeah which i think that's like a badge of honor but i can understand how somebody would feel insecure so he was 25 she said that she was kind of like she had gone through like that period of her life and ashton was just sort of starting up so she felt like she had to be great and fun um so when he asked her about having a threesome and she agreed because she only did it because she was like yeah i need to prove to him that i'm not this old lady with like three you know kids basically um so she had three sorry she had two threesomes there's too much math in this story. There's a lot of math. Like we <laughs> yeah. too much fucking numbers. <laughs> so she had two threesomes. And after that happened, she doesn't say like, oh, I had such a great time. She was just kind of like, okay, that it happened and it was done. Then I'm cool. At, yeah. Yeah. So I'm cool. Ashton, I'm cool. I'm a super fun lady. I'm the best. I had a threesome, two threesomes with my husband. I so, didn't really love it, but whatever. Yeah. Ashton was, like, getting kind of, like, cagey and weird. Like, he, he was filming a movie, and he, like, told Demi... He was filming a movie with Jennifer Jason Lee, and he's like, you can't come to the set because she doesn't like you, and she feels uncomfortable with you there. And she's like, okay, I guess. And then later on, she asked Jennifer Jason Lee and was like, do you... Did you not want me there? And she's like, no, you totally could have shown up. And so then she, like, is learning, oh, no, it was just Ashton who, like, didn't want her around, which is, like, cheater vibes, number one. Well, let me... We're... Yeah. Was Jennifer Jason Lee part of the Brat Pack? No, right? That's Ali Sheedy. Yeah. They I get very similar in the face. Yeah. That's it's a that's fine. So we, so Demi like heard through the grapevine that Ashton had hooked up with one of Rumor's twenty one year old friends. Shocking. Which, yeah. Well it's shocking that she's twenty one. You would think like eighteen. So she, when she confronted Ashton about getting like allegedly getting with one of rumors 21 21 year old friends by the way that he allegedly met at a bowling party which is like come on that's gross um he admitted it like he's like yeah i had sex with this 21 year old friend of rumors and then he blamed the cheating on her saying that because she 
allowed them to have threesomes that blurred all the lines for him and he's like well i guess i can cheat now because you know my wife says i can have sex with whoever i want so she felt like it was her fault yeah you know um and so she probably said like okay i'd appreciate if you didn't cheat on me which didn't happen well and in his offense he probably brought along like a you know a framed picture of Demi, and then he put it on the nightstand and like he looked at it lovingly while fucking his side piece. So it was kind of like a threesome. Yeah, yeah. So and that, I'm sure yeah. he I'm sure he waited like a good four minutes before he turned the frame down. Yes. So that yeah. And then before he finished, he put it back up. So it's it's all kosher. It all works out. I think it's technically a threesome. Yeah, it is. So, seven technically. <laughs> eight. So um so in like the tabloids like we all learned this is like a very 2000s story yeah. so there was a time where um the tabloids were reporting that um ashton kutcher who was married to demi moore cheated on her with this woman named sarah leal oh, i remember when her. he was i remember yes, the cover of us weekly us weekly yeah and the and the um confessional like video she did yes everything she did a photo shoot i mean it was oh. yeah it was peak that time yeah so, so it, like you might have looked at it being like, oh, this is just somebody who's like totally out to get money or whatever, right? Like, or mm. fame or something. Yeah. But no, it was like a, absolutely true. So Ashton apparently hooked up with her during Danny Masterson's bachelor party, which never a grosser sentence has been uttered. And I, I had so to, I have to bathe in antibiotics after that. Very much so. A lot of them. So Demi like confronted him being like, who is Sarah Leal? And he didn't, again, he didn't deny it. He's just like, well, Sarah Leal's somebody that I fucked. Sorry. <laughs> and that's when she got a divorce. She's like, okay, obviously he's going to keep cheating. Um, and then, yeah, so she, like, she got divorced in 2012. But all of his cheating. Now, she doesn't say how many times he cheated on her. But it, one thousands. can assume. Yeah, Millions. one can assume. How many days time- were they married? Oh, however God, that many days. Too much math. I know, too, too much math. But yeah. however many of those, if you're... You know, an MIT graduate listening, and you're really good at math. However many days they were married, that's how many times he cheated. Yeah, and if you can, set it to the Rent song. Yes. Because that's, you should. So Ashton is a cheater, but apparently he, like, doesn't like cheaters, which is the irony. So Demi also says in her book that, um, so they got together in 2003. In 2001, Ashton and January Jones broke up after three years of dating. So two years later, he gets with Demi. So, of course, he's going to be, like, talking about January Jones, because, like, who wouldn't talk about a relationship they were in only two years earlier? So Demi says that Ashton was, like, super paranoid and was totally convinced that January Jones had had sex with Bruce Willis while they were filming the movie Bandits, Uh which came out in 2001. So at at the time, January was 23, Bruce Willis was 46. That's in 2001. So if they filmed Bandits, like, two years earlier, January Jones is, like, 21 and Bruce Willis is... 44 all this so, math i am the mit grad you are yeah <laughs> Five thousand. anyways so um ashton was like asking her like did you get with him whatever and she's each time probably being like no i'm going to work and i'm coming home like chill out so later on many years later demi is seated next to january jones at an event oh by the way for anyone who's listening that was you know born two days ago Demi Moore used to be married to Bruce Willis. So yeah. that's what's funny about that. So Demi asked January years later, 
she's like, did you have sex with Bruce Willis when you're filming Bandits? And January quote said, are you serious? I told him a hundred times I didn't want to fuck that old man. So according to January, no, she did not. Uh, See, that's where January Jones completely lost me. Because (laughs) like between Ashton Kutcher and Bruce Willis. Oh, yeah. I I take Bruce Willis. Like even the late great Brittany Murphy, may God rest her soul, Mm -hmm. told us that Ashton's dick was a disappointment. So, and you know, bald daddy Bruce can fuck. Well, yeah, he's oh, yeah. got like a bunch of kids. Yeah, he can yippee kaya yay this bussy up. That, <laughs> that's the last time I say bussy ever. I'm sorry. <laughs> but I did appreciate the diehard reference. <laughs> You're like, he can um, explode this Nakatomi Plaza. <laughs> Nakatomi Plaza. I mean, you're, you're fucking Ashton Kutcher, but you're turning your nose up at Bruce Willis. I know, but that tells me that Get some taste, girl. (laughs) But that tells me that she's super loyal, though. Because if she wouldn't have sex with Bruce Willis when she was dating Ashton Kutcher, that's a loyal person. Uh, That's a stupid one to me, but whatever. (laughs) Tomato, tomato. So now let's move on from threesomes to swingers. So Thomas Middleditch, which... That sounds like the position I prefer in a threesome, middle ditch. It sounds, it sounds like Hansel and Gretel's next door neighbor. <laughs> middle ditch. It sounds like a name from a fairy tale. <laughs> like Thomas an old middle ditch. Fairy t- so a cobbler. He's on this show, Silicon Valley. He's in other stuff, I think. I didn't know about him until he came out as a swinger during mm-hmm. an interview with Playboy. So Thomas has been married to his wife, Molly Gates, for four years. And he says, swinging saved their marriage. I wrote about this on the site, and all I did was mention HBO's real sex from the 90s. Because that's what I think about when I think about swingers. Do you know what I'm talking I'm about? So, I am. I do know what you're talking about, but I'm so jealous that you got to watch real sex, because I didn't have access to that growing up. We had um, a discrambler. Well, no, no, we didn't, because those are illegal. The neighbor down the street had a discrambler box that I would watch, and so... The, you know, real sex would come on late at night. But anyways, there was they covered swinging, swinging a lot. And there was this right. one episode that stays in my mind. It's like middle-aged white people orgasming in a circle at like a camp in rural Minnesota. I think it was Swingstock, which was like the swingers convention. Swingstock. I mean, to, to be fair, when I think of swingers, I think of middle-aged white people. Yeah, I do too. I think, well, because well, everything I know about swingers, I learned from real sex and that's what they showed. So anyways. Yeah. So Thomas says that swinging is an old dusty term and they call it the lifestyle now. I'm not going to call it that. I can't say that. I'm going to call it swinging. We're old and dusty, so I'm going to go with swinging. So Thomas, like if you read the article, like Thomas seems to love swinging. It doesn't seem like Molly really does. So first of all... It sounds like that door swings one way, if you will. First of all, it doesn't seem like he told Molly he was going to tell the world through Playboy that they're swingers because he said he doesn't know how much he can talk about it and doesn't want to upset his wife. Oh yeah, Molly learned when we did, I think. Second of all, he didn't tell Molly about swinging until after they were married. Rude. So he told Molly, Molly... I'm sorry, this is after they got married, but mm-hmm. we have to get non-traditional here. Like, Ashton should have used that line on Demi, honestly, to which we all would have said, Molly, you in danger, girl. <laughs> I mean, somebody had to use that line. So Molly didn't divorce him on the spot and told him they'd figure it out. So Thomas and Molly, 
they're swingers and they have rules. And he says that compared to other swingers, their rules are pretty strict. So they can only play together and they're constantly talking about their limits and what makes each other uncomfortable, etc. But it sounds like Thomas wants to go wild and Molly has to tell him to calm down because he said he's the gas and she's the brakes. So Thomas wants to go mild. Molly wants to stay a little mild. Yes. And how long before that car crashes into Divorceville is what I want to. Maybe not. Maybe this, maybe, like you said, it saved their marriage. So Thomas says that kink wise, he's pretty vanilla, cis hetero. So no homo is what he's saying. And that he's been to Eyes Wide Shut style parties, but that's not his scene. So I should hope not because A, Tom Cruise is at those parties and that's scary. And B, they do murders there. <laughs> yeah. And they got to wear those weird masks. Yeah. That's just, that wouldn't be. That's fun. creepy. So Thomas says he doesn't believe in reincarnation, which is why he, he says you only live once. So I guess you got to fuck everything while you can, I guess. He's like hashtag YOLO. <laughs> but he loves his wife more than he loves anyone and he also suggests getting a therapist if you're going to do this sort of thing. So he says that because he's famous-ish and also on Instagram, he gets hit on. And Molly wonders how she fits into that. So there's a lot of negotiation, but he just wants to make Molly feel safe. And his first concern is her since she's his queen. He's, he says that, but then yeah. like you watch, she'll be like, I don't think I want to be in the lifestyle anymore. And he's like, well, Molly, it's been real. <laughs> You're demoted here's, to peasant. Your, yeah, peasant. But like, I guess he didn't crown her as his queen until after they got married because he didn't run that swinger stuff by her before then. And what she's supposed to do. Like, imagine being in that position where you like, you're with this person. They seem totally normal. You get married. You like spend all the money on the wedding and you like write all the thank you notes for the toasters and shit. And then they're like, by the way, I need to fuck every person that DMs me and you can be there for it. <laughs> Like, you're going to be like, well, I guess I'm invested in this. Like, we're doing this, I suppose. Well. I mean, you could say, you can also say no. If anyone's in this situation and they think they have to do this, you don't have to be quote unquote great and fun and go along with it. But like. As Demi Moore would say. Well, like you said, some people would probably be pissed if they told them after they got married. Like for me, since I'm a hoe, if my new husband told me, you know, like, we can fuck other people, I'd be like, oh my God, I found my soulmate. Love lift us up where we belong. <laughs> but anyway, so he has a mantra. So Thomas's mantra is, my mantra is, how can I explore this with a 1960s peace and love, full understanding, everyone's connected and feels good kind of way? Not every corner is explored, but you have to be patient. I battle my own needs. Sometimes I'm a ravenous little monster. And how do I calm that down? Hmm. Well... I don't think that it's fair. Like, I love that he's like, it's a very like 1960s peace and love. I'm like, uh, it sounds like a 2019 we have everyone's consent kind of situation here. Well, I mean, for me, it's like whatever you and your partner get into is none of my business unless you talk about an interview with Playboy, then apparently it is because we're talking about it here on a podcast. But like from what Thomas says, it sounds like, you know, Molly ain't that into it, but she loves him and wants the marriage to work. So... Molly's there and she's like sitting on I'm uh, picturing it happening on like um an orange shag rug. So she's like on the shag rug with him and she's just also kind of looking at the clock being like 
Okay. Oh, how much longer is this going to be? Like, are you good yet? Well, but maybe she's into it. Like you said, she's private. Who knows? But like since Thomas is now like the face and dick of swinging, uh-huh. he needs to go to his bosses at HBO. Silicon Valley's on HBO, right? It he is. needs to go and bring back real sex, honestly, because I really have no idea what modern day swinging looks like. Like, I know what orgies look like, <laughs> <laughs> but not swinging parties. So all I, like, all I have is like you have the middle, you know, the image of like middle-aged yeah. suburbanites doing it in some sad room. Isn't, but like, I'm going to maybe reveal too much about myself. Isn't an orgy basically swinging though? No, because orgy, you can all be single. Swinging is like couples. Oh, right. Like there's got to be like some weird kissing that happens in swinging. Excuse me, the lifestyle. But moving on from sleeping with other people to literally sleeping and also... Nobody sleeps at slumber parties. Well, the at, nerds. This slumber par- at this slumber party, they better fucking sleep. That's, that's Otherwise, true. they're not going to get invited back. So a Reddit user uploaded a screenshot of an Instagram story on Saturday. So the Instagram story was from like the day before or a couple days before. And it was um, it was a list and it was titled Sleepover Rules. And so it was a contract written by a mom before a sleepover that happened on Friday the 22nd. It's very, very long, and I'm not going to read them all out because this woman obviously put a lot of time into her contract. A lot of time, a lot of effort, yeah. When she should have been putting time into picking out chips and pop and stuff like that. Instead, she was writing a list. So, one number one, no touching or tickling and no physical contact between anyone. So, kids are not allowed to touch. Second one. Everybody has to change in private. There's no nudity. So if you get into your pajamas, you better be doing it in like a locked bathroom with a chair, you know, jammed up against the door handle. Nobody gets to see any private parts. Number three, nothing loud, no loud voices, no iPads. The TV cannot be turned up loud. So everybody has to be quiet as little mice, fully clothed mice. Number four, this is my favorite. No complaining. You're not allowed to complain to the mom and you're not allowed to talk to her either. So you have to wait until the mom speaks to you before speaking to her. Can we just say this woman, I don't know what her job is, but whatever it is, she's obviously the one at the office that writes the letters like, clean this shit up. I'm not your mom. I'm not your maid. Put your fucking dishes away. She's that per- She's that woman. I was that I was that woman at one of my offices, but anyway, so you totally wrote this. <laughs> yeah, I'm like no touching or tickling. Anyway, so the person uh, covers up the sorry, the person who posted it covered up their name. It just said Ms. Blank. So, um, Ms. Blank, part of her Ms. Allison from Canada. <laughs> yeah, I don't have enough kids to invite to sleep over. <laughs> come come sleep over with my nine month old baby. So she, it says if you like, I'm paraphrasing, of course. It says I've read all the rules. And if I behave uh, to Ms. Blank's standards, then I get to have brunch the next day. And if they don't behave to her standards, they're not invited to any more sleepovers or play dates. Oh, and she can call the parents and tell the, them to pick up their kid. So in, at the bottom, it says, basically, the rules are in place to preserve Mrs. Blank's calm demeanor. What calm demeanor? And peace of mind. So the person who uploaded it also said that the children in question, the kids in question, uh-huh are 10, maybe 11 years old, and they're boys. So this is like a sleepover with like picture like five, 10-year-old boys. See, this, like that list is just asking for some Lord of the Flies mutiny. Like those kids are going to turn on you. 
that woman's going to find a, a hot turd somewhere in her house. Probably her guest towels. I mean, she's going to find herself tied up as they burn her house down with her in it and party <laughs> oh in the front yard, making all the noise, listening to iPads and shit. Like, uh-uh, that's <laughs> ass- Miss blank. <laughs> They're going to celebrate the next day with brunch. They're like, wouldn't you like to have some of these eggs? <laughs> oh, my God. So, Michael... Obviously, you probably went to sleepovers as a kid. I mean, I didn't have any friends, so not really. Well, my sister had sleepovers, and I, like they sometimes let me sit in the background. And then I also, so I also had another friend, a, a friend who was a girl, whose mom mm-hmm. was friends with my mom. So I could go to her sleepovers, but I had to like sleep in the background too. And I couldn't, like, I couldn't do the frozen panties thing. You know that. I am aware where, of it. Where you I never take did someone's it. panties and you freeze them. I, I couldn't do the hand in the water thing. You know that? Oh, yeah. Trying to get someone to pee. Yeah. And so I wasn't, I wasn't, I was kind of loud in the background. But they did let me go like to egg their rival's house, which <gasps> I police, I didn't touch the eggs. So don't charge me with vandalism. I didn't touch the eggs. I just watched. So yeah, mm-hmm. but there were no rules at those parties. I mean, Michael, these sound like crazy Caligula style bacchanals. I have never been to a sleepover that involved egging or frozen panties. What about toilet paper? No! What did you do? We listened to Joey Lawrence Nothing My Love Can't Fix over and over again and one person and one person danced to it. That sounds like torture. (laughs) Yeah, my sleepovers were never that exciting. Like you didn't, like when someone fell asleep you didn't draw on their face? No. Oh my god. Yeah, th- that was the regular for us. Here's what our sleep here's what my sleepovers were like when I was a kid. Everybody would bring their babysitters club books, okay? And then we would sit around and we would look at them and then we'd be like, "I want that one. I want that one." And then but we wouldn't trade them. We would just be like, "I really want number 32." And then we would be like, "I hope you get number 32." And that was it. That was and then it was like, "Okay, 9 p.m. Lights out. Everyone goes to sleep." Oh my god. So that crazy mom with all her rules, she would love you all. I would definitely get brunch the next day. Allison and I are now going to go over five stories, starting with the death of true love. So about a second after we found out that Miley Cyrus and Liam Hemsworth had split up after less than a year of marriage, she was photographed canoodling with Caitlin Carter. So Caitlin Carter was with Brody Jenner for a while. The two couples were neighbors in Malibu and hung out together. Were they swingers? Did they live the lifestyle? So Miley and Caitlin became a thing and were photographed a lot and supposedly moved in together. Well, now they're done after a month together. People says that Miley dumped Caitlin because she doesn't want a serious relationship and that she grew tired of spending every day with Caitlin. Burn. Yeah, that's cold. That's me. Achy breaky heart. <laughs> Don't tell her heart her achy breaky heart. Well, goodbye, hot girl summer. Hello, less attention fall. Actually, that's not true. Miley's still going to get lots of attention because Miley's single. And we all know what happens when Miley is single. She gets back together with Liam Hemsworth. Oh, so that's the thing. Allison. Here we like, go again. See, this was probably like if they get back together, then this was probably some stunt queen shenanigans to promote that breakup song you know she put out yeah it and is, it's a good we'll song. never be able to trust anyone ever again if no. if that's the case but to me 
I hope that if Miley does get back with anyone, I hope it's shampoo because I'm sick of that KY jelly hair. <gasps> Over it. It's so gross. Horrible. So Black China, remember her? <laughs> She's got a new Poor mystery man. And they went out to dinner on Sunday night in Woodland Hills, California. The paparazzi just so happened to get pictures of them sitting in a booth. So China was across from her man and he had her high-heeled foot in his lap and it looks like he's either licking on or sucking her toes. Oh my so, God. Allison, let's race to the Quentin Tarantino joke to <laughs> yeah. see who can get there first. I'm more upset that it happened on a Sunday. On Jesus's day? On the one day that Jesus gets your second feet at a restaurant? But, I mean, I guess if you can do it on any day, do it on Jesus's day. But yeah. I would have hated to have been at that restaurant and not because I didn't want to see somebody sucking feet, which I wouldn't want to, but... Imagine sitting there and looking over and seeing someone sucking feet. You'd be like, the food must be terrible if people would rather suck on feet. <laughs> well, and see, I see it a different way because Black China, she may be a messy fame whore, but above all, she's a businesswoman True. who cares about the bottom line. And why buy your man an expensive dinner when you've got some protein-rich food curds right there in your shoe? Ew. Just oh, or that. it might have also been a scam. She might have been like gets her meal and she's like ew there's a toenail in this meal i need it for free and then she like winks at her man like ding look she's what like, we did she tells him to open his mouth and see there's jam in there yeah <laughs> they someone put jam in there too okay greg berlanti who has done a bunch of tv shows and directed love simon is working on a remake of the little shop of horrors movie there were rumors that josh gad and rebel wilson were going to be in it but greg denies this us Weekly is saying that Lady Gaga has been offered an unspecified role, probably Audrey, and mm -hmm. she's very, very interested. Mm -hmm. I hope that Greg Berlanti, he, like he's a TV person, I kind of hope that this isn't actually a movie, and I hope that it stays on TV, and here is why. So Lady Gaga is two awards away from an EGOT, so she's half an okay. EGOT right now. She has um, a Grammy, several and Grammys. An Emmy. And an Oscar. Oh, oh, you're, oh God, I forgot Remember? about that. Yeah. She would happily remind you, Michael, if you needed one. I'm sure. I'm so, sure it's on her business card. <laughs> Oscar winner. So she needs a Tony and an Emmy. And she's probably not going to get a Tony because Broadway has a lot of talent to pick from. So no disrespect to Lady Gaga. She's talented. But what I'm trying to say is Patti LuPone won't let it happen. So her only other option right now for an Emmy is to do some kind of TV thing. I swear to God, this is going somewhere. Just give me a moment. <laughs> like, so, <laughs> I, I'm buckled in for this journey, Allison. I'm buckled yeah. in. Gil, get ready to crash straight to a wall because it's not going to a good place. So um, I want Greg Berlanti to make Little Shop of Horrors a live TV event, like how they've done Grease Live and um, Jesus Christ Superstar Live yeah. and stuff like that because... She could totally get an Emmy that way. And I am being a little bit selfish because I would love to see how much of a disaster Little Shop of Horrors Live would be. Because you know the Audrey 2 puppet would be so busted. <laughs> no, it's good in plays. Oh, no. It's, it's good, like, on stage. No, it's good. But, like, whenever they do a live thing, there's always something that gets screwed up. And so I feel like it would... The biggest chance of the screw up would be the Audrey 2 puppet. <laughs> Like, it'd be singing Feed Me Seymour and, like, its mouth wouldn't be opening. Like, I really want to see that. So, Gaga, go for that E. Well, if you want to see that, Google Little Shop of Horror High School Production. And you'll <laughs> see a lot of that, including my own, probably. I know but what I'm see, doing after okay, this. 
I'm going to get serious here because okay. I'm serious about Little Shop. Oh, yeah, so, same. Ellen Green's performance as Audrey is iconic and cannot be replicated. And I feel like Lady Gaga would try to do that. So to me, they need to go with someone totally different. Like okay. right now at the Pasadena Playhouse, they're doing Little Shop. And MJ Rodriguez from Pose is playing Audrey. So I like that. So okay. I say no to Gaga. But honestly, if she's going to play a role in Little Shop, it should be Seymour. Since okay. Like Seymour, she's responsible for creating a blood-eating crazy monster, only she's created like a million of them. And we get emails from them. So she's a perfect Seymour. That's true. On Good Morning Britain, the subject of sapia sexuality came up. And so that's when you're attracted to intelligence instead of gender. Right. So author Nietzsche Hodgson was on and said she's a sapiosexual, saying the definition means intelligence first, then attraction. Mm -hmm. I date men and women and identify as bisexual. And I realized the thing that linked all people that I have dated has been their brains. So, which I guess she's not dating zombies, I guess is what she's saying. So Mark had never heard of the term, but he was backstage during the interview and was overheard by a producer saying that he identifies as sapiosexual, like it clicked for him. Right. So the host asked him on air if he was coming out as one, and he pretty much said yes. And now that we know that you're single, he's got very involved, Mark, in our sapiosexual debate. <laughs> yeah. uh, and you're identifying as a man who likes intellect. I did. I didn't know that there was a word for it. But okay. Yeah, I was really enjoying that segment where we're all arguing back in the dressing room with yeah. a couple of your producers. And yeah, it's, I feel like I'm, I identify as sapiosexual. Wow. So you are coming out he's as out sapiosexual. This oh, is great news. Written. Congratulations. Like yeah. So Mark Ronson has in the past dated Daisy Lowe, Rashida Jones, Josephine Delabam, and Rebecca Schwartz. They're all UGO NASA engineers, by the way. Well, I mean, Rashida Jones is very smart. No offense to Daisy Lowe. No, but they're all beautiful women. Yeah, they're. I mean, they're gorgeous. I, I don't think it would matter. So he's not dating, like, smart uglies. No, he's because... He's dating smart pretties. Yeah, like, I think that he is maybe like a quarter sapiosexual because if he was full mark ronson would be dating like siri oh he would he would want a three-way with alexa oh mark, see, ronson, siri- mark ronson living the lifestyle not my siri because my siri always gets shit fucked up well she's trying though that's true she's trying but like for me this is bad news because there goes my chance with fellow lgbtq Q plus member Mark Ronson because there's no way I pass the quiz he makes everyone takes before he agrees to fuck them. Which and is the, the what's two plus two? Yeah, That's sorry, Michael. Qu- sorry, no. And finally, Twitter got into a candy war over the weekend when a news anchor from Seattle named Liz Duwecki posted mm-hmm. a picture of a Snickers, a Reese's peanut butter cup, a Milky Way, a Kit Kat a bag of plain M&Ms and a Twix and asked, which one would you banish away forever? Mm-hmm. So, Allison, what say you? I have conditions. I love candy, but I don't love it unconditionally. So it's, I would say that for 28 days out of the month, I would get rid of the M&Ms. You but- can't create this rules. The rule was, what would you get away, what would you um, banish away forever? Oh, 
okay, but it's hard though because when I'm on my period, I like only will eat M and M's. Okay, if I had to pick one, one, just one, Veep. No, I would pick. I'd say Kit Kat. I'd get rid of Kit Kat. It's Kit Kat. It's like a cookie. Just get a cookie what? and dip it in chocolate. It's the same thing. Kit Kat. Kit Kat's gone to me. Oh my god, you devil worshiper. Kit oh my god. Kat? Okay. All right. Does it make it? Does it make it better if I say M and M's? Because that's my second choice. Okay, see, well, a lot of people said Milky Way, right? That's I saw crazy a lot of Milky Ways on Twitter. Um, see, I was going to say plain M&Ms. We're mm-hmm. talking about plain M&Ms mm-hmm. because they're boring. But what I love about M&Ms, even okay. plain M&Ms, is I like the sound of them hitting my teeth when I'm pouring the whole bag in. It is, that is nice. It's like ASMR. Yeah, it's very soothing. Yeah. So I'm not going to say plain M&Ms. I'm going to say Twix. You don't like Twix? No. But actually, they can all go, honestly. like Because I, I like Three Musketeers. I'm basic like that. Beautifully basic. Beautifully basic. But I love it because when you, you bite the end, right? Right. And then you can stick your tongue in the soft part, and it's like you can rent it. <laughs> Mark Ronson is like, I've made a good choice. The show is over now, but before we go, we're going to remind you for the zillionth time to rate and review us if you haven't already. Mm-hmm. And if you got a tip for us or have a question, email us at DTP at delisted.com. So till next week. Thank you, Allison. You're welcome. And thank you, Michael. Thank you. Bye. Bye.